0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm.
1: Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott.
2: Well, it is around... 3 a.m. Thursday morning, December 6th. The early morning after the Blues lost to the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm in the studio getting this episode out to you guys. This game followed the Blues script. They didn't play a complete 90 minutes. They played one good period in which they got a lead 2-0. They went on their heels into a defensive stance and ended up having this game go to overtime and then a shootout. The same things happened every game. You guys have heard me talk about it. You guys have heard other podcasts around St. Louis talk about it. Everybody's out there talking about it, and we all are saying similar things. However, some are putting this game on the shoulders of Jake Allen. That, yeah, Jake Allen played great in regulations. But he allowed that late goal. And then he didn't do well in the shootout. Jake could have pulled this game out for us. The narrative's getting old. Jake Allen had a great game. Doc Emmerich on NBC stated that the Blues played well in the first period. Jake Allen had a very good game. That the two Oilers' regulation goals scored in the second and third period were not Jake Allen's fault. But this narrative keeps coming up time and time again. And I keep asking people the same question. Are you watching the same game that most Blues fans are watching? Or are you just watching for any excuse to blame Jake Allen? I'm getting sick and tired about talking about Jake Allen. Because the way I look at it is, when he plays bad, I'll tell you he plays bad. When he plays good, I'm going to tell you he plays good. When he plays great, I'm going to tell you he plays great. My narrative is basically the way Jake Allen plays. But other people, it just seems that he can play great, can play very good. But the team gets a goal to either tie it, the team gets two goals to come back and win it. It's automatically Jake Allen's fault. Couldn't be the fact that this team's defense went into a hole Couldn't be a fact that this team basically stopped really pushing for most of the second and third period. There were a few times where they did. It's all Jake Allen's fault. I really shouldn't be having to talk about Jake Allen and defending him every time the Blues lose. I would say 60 to 70% of the people out there blame Jake Allen for every loss. Yeah, he played good, but the Jake Allen's the problem narrative. It's got to stop. I honestly don't care who the hell you put in goal. If the team makes mistakes in front of him, goals are going to get past him. Martin Brodeur was a great goaltender, and by no means am I comparing Jake Allen to Martin Brodeur because I'm sure I'm going to get that tweet or get an email about it. He had strong defensive teams in front of him. Mark andre Fleury, when uh, Vegas plays bad in front of him, he allows goals. But the Vegas Knights don't come out and say, oh, Marc-Andre Fleury's got to carry us. We lost 3-2. to two. Marc-Andre Fleury played great, but man, he let in that late goal with three guys in front of him that screened him. Or he let in that late goal where a guy was in front of the net, got the rebound, and nobody took the guy out. They just let him put the puck right past him. No, you're not going to hear that. And I don't know when all this narrative is going to stop. When losses are his fault? By all means, I've even said it, Jake Allen played bad. Or Jake Allen let in three soft goals out of the four goals. Or two of them were really soft. Jake needs to make that save. But other people, they don't see that. There's no balance here. It's all the narrative of Jake Allen's bad. Jake Allen's not good. We need a winning goaltender. We need Bobrovsky in here. We got to go out and get Jimmy Howard to win this year. He's not coming to the Blues. This year, and then he's going to re sign a contract with them to be a guy that backs up people next year. He's not going to do it. So, hoping and wishing for this goalie to come in and save the Blues, it's not going to happen. This kind of crap went down when Curtis Joseph was here. Yeah, there were a lot of people that like Curtis Joseph, and people weren't quite as hard on Curtis Joseph as they are on Jake Allen. And again, I've got to say, Jake Allen's not Curtis Joseph, but I remember. Very clearly, some nights when Blue's defense was terrible, in fact, a lot of nights the Blue's defense was terrible in Curtis Joseph's career. He would stop 43 of 45 shots, 38 of 39. The Blues would lose 1 to nothing or 2 to 1 or 2 to nothing. And you know what was said? Cujo's got to be better. Yeah, we love Cujo. He makes some great saves. But when you need him to, he doesn't make that big save. He costs the Blues the game. There's a lot more that goes into it. Do people not see these things? Because I do, and a lot of fans that are actually watching the game and not focused on Jake Allen every time they look up at the score or every time they see a goal scored or an overtime goal or a shootout goal scored. The narrative's got to stop people. You're entitled to your opinion, and you can say what you want to just as I'm entitled to my opinion about Jake too. But let's be serious here. You've got to be educated at what you're talking about before you say something. You've got to know what you're talking about before you say something. That's enough of my rant for now. I will add a little bit more at the end of the podcast. Let's go ahead and head into the highlights because you know what? The Blues came out and looked pretty damn good in the first period. They took the play to the Oilers and they got in the scoreboard first by some hard work. They were keeping the puck in the offensive zone. They weren't allowing the, the Oilers to rush in and get a lot of opportunities against Jake. They were playing strong defensively, and when Jake had to make a save, he did. But the Blues, as I said, would get on the board first. Ivan Barbashev, just a little under seven minutes in, would make it one to nothing. Can't get so
0: focused in on him and realize he's going to distribute the puck. Great feed in front and a goal! Barbashev on the feed from Sunquest and in. Blues
3: Well this is where the St. Louis Blues want to play their game. They want to get in on the four check and get pucks down below the goal line. A dumb puck a fantastic feed by Sunquist. some poor coverage by the Oilers in front of the net and they make them play, but a good job getting that puck in deep and getting on the four check.
2: A great pass by Sunquist from behind the net. You know, Sunquist isn't my favorite player, but for the most part, he works very hard every shift he's out there this time. Just a perfect pass to Barbashev, a huge defensive breakdown by the Oilers. Nobody was really watching Barbashev. He gets a puck, puts it over Talbot top shelf. The Blues are up one to nothing. That would be Barbashev's third goal of the year. Sunquist, as I said, with that great pass, gets his second assist. Nolan just called up from the rampage, gets his first assist. Six minutes, five seconds into the first. The Blues are happily up one to nothing. The pressure they would put on Talbot would continue big time for the first period. They really didn't let up a lot. In fact, they outshot Edmonton in this period, 15 to 5. But they didn't just outshoot Edmonton. They got a second goal, 13 minutes, 32 seconds in. Braden Shen gets his sixth goal of the year to make it Two to nothing blues.
0: Braden Shen able to take that got it back for Butler and a shot went wide. Rebound go. Braden Shen and it's two to nothing. Strength in numbers befo- uh, below the goal line getting the puck from low to high. The shot from the point misses the net Talbot loses his net and Shen from not an easy angle puts it into the empty net. Oh and the one thing Edzo, always is that you can
3: dump pucks and retrieve them or you can skate them deep into the zone.
2: Butler takes the initial shot. The rebound goes right to the side of the net. Shin is there. Bad angle, but he still puts it past Talbot. Great goal for Shin. And the Blues are up 2 to nothing. That goal would be Shin's sixth of the year. Butler, who's just being called up, gets his first assist. Dunn gets his seventh assist. As I said, 13 minutes, 32 seconds in. The Blues are looking good at 2-0. They really outplayed Edmonton in this first period. They played strong defensively. They didn't allow Edmonton very many shots. When they did, Jake made the save. The puck got cleared out. The Blues were in the offensive end a lot. And that is a recipe for something good. Going into the second, could the Blues continue it? We know a lot of times this year they've played one good period, two good periods, a period and a half, and then they've just fallen apart during the game. We get that answer pretty quickly because Edmonton, I thought, came out very strong in the second period. They would get their first goal of the game by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. If you guys remember a couple of years ago when the Blues were looking to move Shattenkirk around the trading deadline, one of the teams they were talking to actually before the trade deadline was the Edmonton Oilers. And one of the guys that the Blues wanted was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The Oilers almost pulled the trigger, but they decided a no-go on that. Plus, of course, our buddy Shattenkirk says, I don't want to play in Edmonton. So I would imagine that Edmonton's pretty happy they didn't get rid of Nugent Hopkins.
0: Russell to Nurse. Couldn't get it the first time out in front. Does the second time, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins bangs it home. The Oilers are on the board as Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets his seventh goal of the year. Staying with
3: it in front of the net that's another shift off a face off where they are relentless on the puck and they turn it over and that's exactly what they want to do get into the offensive zone generate the cycle hold on to a puck. Edmonton starting to move their feet you score goals in the dangerous areas he stays there first one doesn't go but he stays with it and gets a second opportunity that's just a real good job right in there to dig that puck loose. And jamm it past Jake Allen. And-
2: I would say Nugent Hopkins paid the price in front of the net. I wish I could say that because he probably wouldn't have scored the goal. He got the puck in front of the net, and not much Jake Allen could do on that one. Robert Thomas had his back to Nugent Hopkins. Nobody took him out. And this game is now two to one. Basically on some hard work by Nugent Hopkins. That would be Nugent Hopkins' seventh goal of the year. Nurse gets his fifth assist. Russell gets his sixth assist. 4 minutes 4 seconds in, Edmonton's back in this game at 2 to 1. But as I stated, they really put a lot of pressure on Jake that period. 17 shots on goal. Jake had to be really, really good in goal and make some very good saves to keep this at just a 2 to 1 game. Going into the third, would we see the Blues take the game back or would we see Edmonton continue the dominance they had in the second period? Well, for the most part, we would see Edmonton continue the dominance they had in the second period. The Blues did have some opportunities, but the only goal scored in the third would be with just 56 seconds left after Edmonton had pulled Talbot, and it ties the game up at two, and we are headed into OT.
0: Right on the far side. Looks terrible. Less than a minute player. to go. McDavid with a puck, Back to Clefbaum. Here comes another shot. He scores! Oscar Klefbaum has tied the game at two. Clefbaum with seven points in his last six games gets his third goal of the season. And Louie, all of his goals have been dramatic.
3: They certainly have, and this one is too. And he absolutely let this one go. He had his first opportunity with a blast. Good work down low by Kerr. Takes the the puck, gets it to McDavid. Put it on a tee once again. Shoot the puck, get it by two screens. And when you get a shot that hard to get by the block, which they haven't been able to do all night long, no chance for Jake Allen.
2: A couple Blues players in front of Jake Allen, an Oilers player in front of Jake Allen hoping to get a deflection. Oscar Kleffbaum gets his third goal of the year. On a hard shot, McDavid gets his twenty-second assist. Kyra gets his seventh assist, and as I said, we're going to overtime. Going into overtime, I wouldn't say there was a lot of offense. There was an opportunity for each team, but nobody scored. So we're headed to a shootout. Tyler Bozak would be the first person to be up for the Blues. He would get it past Talbot. The Blues are looking good at the beginning of the shootout. Ryan Nugent Hopkins who had a goal earlier. It's the first attempt for Edmonton. He puts it past Jake Allen. Teresinko goes up next. Talbot stops him. Connor McDavid gets his opportunity to end this game and get the two points for the Oilers.
0: Calm,
3: cool, collects a goal. Boy, well, I'll tell you, you know what? You have to respect how fast Connor McDavid's hands are. So as a goaltender, you just can't bite on this. And he just has to stand his ground. But he's so good. That little flick of the wrist makes it look so easy.
2: So Connor McDavid puts it past Jake Allen. Jake didn't wait him out. Jake committed too early. And it's up to Braden Shin to keep this shootout going.
0: His sixth game of the year and snap a six-game losing streak. If he can stop Braden Shin. And he does. Talbot's streak comes to an end. And the Oilers win their 14th game of the year as they defeat the St. Louis Blues in the shootout.
2: Another tough loss for the Blues. They were looking great in the first period. They kind of started backing up, getting on their heels in the second and third periods. And this is what happens when you do that. You allow teams to gain momentum and get back in the game. Let's head to the stats of the game. Shots on goal, 36 for the Oilers, 30 for the Blues. Face-offs, 40% for the Oilers, 60% for the Blues. Each team had power play opportunities. The Oilers had five. They didn't capitalize on any of them. The Blues had two. And they were also unable to get any power play goals. Hits, the Oilers had 19, the Blues had 15. The Blues did get 17 blocks, to the Oilers, 8. The Oilers had 8 giveaways, and the Blues had 5. Let's head to the post-game interviews where we're going to hear from Zach Sanford, who had several good opportunities in this game. We'll also hear from Jake Allen, and we'll end it with uh, Coach Berube giving his thoughts on uh, another tough loss.
4: Frustrating, though, because it obviously looked like Terrence got pushed. out. Yeah, I mean, watching the replay after, obviously, it's frustrating, Um, you know, but we can't change that call, and there's nothing, uh, nothing we could have done about it. A lot of, lot of chances
5: tonight. I know you probably felt like you had a couple of tablet was good on a couple of them. Just a tough night trying to finish.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a good goalie. I had, uh, had a few good chances that, you know, maybe I'd like to try again. and um, But, you know, it's it comes down to that, and, you know, the one that I get doesn't count. So, you know, I think it's, uh, it's on me and the rest of the team to, you know, bear down and be able to put another one in. How, fr- how frustrating is it after the start you guys had to just not get the result you you wanted after so many breaks went the other way? Yeah, I mean obviously it's it's really frustrating. It's uh, you know that's been a theme for us all year it seems like, and um, you know we just for whatever reason we haven't been able to put the teams away when we get that lead, and um, you know that's that's what's cost us you know quite a few points here.
5: Defensively, it's like you
4: guys played Edmonton really solid there all night. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought we did, and, um, you know, they got, they got some high-end forwards over there, and I thought we did a good job against them. And, um, you know, like I said before, it just comes down to us bearing down at the right times, and, you know, maybe on the first goal getting a box out and clearing that puck, and maybe on the second one, you know, getting a block or, you know, and, uh, another bounce. But, um, you know, it all, it all comes back to us just flat to start that second period? They outshot you six to nothing out of the gate. Not... Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, like I said, they have some high-end players. We knew they were going to come hard. As um, You know, we at times, we didn't seem to be doing the right things and getting pucks in. And you know, that, that feeds into a lot of teams we've been playing recently on the on the turnovers. That's how they get their offense. And um, you know, we we gave them a little spark there. Did you feel like you had that one there at the end with O'Reilly, that two on one. I feel like you had a beat there. Yeah, I mean, I tried to go to the same spot I went earlier on him. I thought I could have beat him earlier under the arm and, um, you know, it just uh, trickled out the wrong way.
5: Uh,
4: Led by that line there, they get a lot of offensive
5: uh, opportunities, you know, usually game in, game out and, you know, especially when he plays so much, uh, the game never should have got to overtime, but it's unfortunate it did and, you know, again, you know, it we did a great job in overtime to battle to kill that one off. That uh, PP, you know, those are four and three. Some good looks, uh, big blocks there. And, you know, again, it uh, shouldn't have got to overtime. We had a good first period, but, uh, you know, we need to keep the effort up a little bit more. Just too many layers maybe in front of you. Did you even see that? No, I didn't. There? I knew he was, I saw the big wind up, but then you know, I knew he was going far side, so I tried to push over there. I just didn't get a good enough read on it. I should have tried to get a better read on it.
4: Team perspective, though, on that six-on-five just before it led to the goal. You know, we, I thought we
5: we did some good things. We got pucks out. It was just, you know, one of those chances. Six-on-five. Sometimes you're, majority of the time you get the good end of it. Sometimes you get the bad, and you know, it, we get uh, we get hemmed in there a little bit, and you know, see a nice slapper. It's a lot. lot's going on in the league. As far as the shootouts, I mean, it looked like you did everything right on um, Nugent Hopkins. Is, I mean, you waited him out as long as you could. There, he just yeah, yeah, good David. Yeah, he made a. He's usually a shooter. Nugent Hopkins that came out a little bit and, you know, he did a little dance and, you know, I thought I almost had him. I think he was, I haven't seen it, but I think he was close to the goal line. So, you know, like David, I, I really wanted that one, but, you know, he got the best move again. It was. The game shouldn't have got there, unfortunately. Uh,
3: first off, what, what explanation
5: did you get on the uh Sanford goal? Um, well, the ref
6: had his arm up for a penalty on Vladdy. Interference with the goalie. So and Sanford shot the puck in it and then he blew the whistle, and you can't uh, you can't challenge that, obviously. So what we can do.
4: Did, I'm sure you looked at the replay. It sure looked like Laddie got pushed into that. Yeah, game. he got pushed in. So. Did you let the referees know about that?
6: Yep. Nothing. They're not going to say anything. It is, you know. They made the call. They can't can't reverse it.
4: Big swing, though. It area. is.
6: It is a big swing. but. Craig, what are you
3: trying to do? Six on five defense. Just seem like a lot of space. I know that push puts the puck up the wall and got a big shot. But can you do something better there? defensively?
6: Well, we've got to block that shot. You know, That's the biggest thing. We've got to block that shot.
3: Yeah.
4: Should Harrison can be out further. Well, he
6: could be out further. He could get out there a little quicker and, 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 and get in the shooting lane, do a better job there for sure. Yeah.
4: Craig, you're, you're up 2 nothing. entered the second, and it just seemed like you
6: are on your heel right from the start. Yeah, we got caught uh, in the three-quarter ice game there. Um, just stopped making plays. And when you stop making plays, you get the puck out, they just pound it back in, and come coming at us, that's their game too. So we fed into that in the second for sure. You
4: feel like Did it
6: continue into the third? No, not really. I thought the third was not bad. I thought it was a pretty good period. We had some opportunities to uh, close that game out. We didn't finish.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's happened. Uh, few other times, and, you know,
6: sitting with that, with two old leads and sitting back, how do, you,
0: how do you prevent that? From sitting back? Yeah, just
6: getting well, your deals with the lead. It's, it's just a mindset, you know. You can't. We're, we're a fragile group, I guess, and, um, you know, guys are trying to hang on to a lead, you know, instead of making it 3 nothing. That's got to be more of our mindset. Um you know, we we should have came out in that second period and, and pushed the pace right away on them and tried to make it three nothing.
3: Is there something you can do as a coaching staff to help them overcome that, or that's just got to be
6: on the? Well, yeah, we'll we'll look at the film and we'll eventually we'll talk about it and go over it again and, and keep banging away at it. So many
3: quality scoring chances, of lack of finish, or how they come up with big. Both. Complaints. I
6: mean, we had had some good looks, but uh, you know, we got. I think we can shoot the puck better too. You know, you gotta. These goalies are good. You gotta. You gotta. Got to pick corners, and we can shoot it better for sure. But he made good saves.
4: See,
3: my you maybe passed up some shots if you like, just to take more shots.
6: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we talk about shot attempts all the time, and um, we probably passed up a few tonight where we could have put more than that for sure. You
5: see the way Jake's
3: playing, and he's. Anytime you put him out there now, he's giving you
6: Definitely, another solid game.
2: One more point about Jake Allen, and I'm done on this podcast talking about him. Did you hear what Coach Barube said? Another solid game by Jake. Are people ignoring this? He brings out deficits in the team, why they lost, every single game. He's yet to call Jake Allen out in that. But half the fans out there, probably more, Say these losses are Jake Allen's fault. When does it get to the point to where you pound and pound and pound something into somebody's head as to what they're doing wrong and they continue to do that wrong? What point do you get where it pushes you to make player changes? I don't know what changes they can make at this point. Do other teams want some of these guys that aren't playing a full 60? I don't know. A lot of these guys have big contracts. If the coaching staff continues to pound and pound in your head that you're doing something wrong and you don't fix it, that's on the players. The coaching staff can give so much. Mike Yo paid the price, and as I've said before, he wasn't the right coach. I don't think he's a good NHL head coach. I think he's an okay assistant head coach. When coaches continue to pound something into guys' brains and the guys don't make adjustments, it's on the players. These losses, sure you could say that Berube is not making adjustments in the period. I think I've seen that in his short stand. But I think I've also seen to where you can see them try to make adjustments and the players for some reason don't go along with those adjustments. Guys need to show up. Guys need to play hard. Guys need to play within the system. I can't say any more than that because it's very evident that that's the issue. Guys aren't playing as a team. Guys aren't playing the defensive scheme they should. Guys are making too many mistakes. Guys are standing around. Guys are watching other players from the other team skate around with a the puck. They're letting guys stand in front of the net. They're screening their goaltender. It's the same thing every single game that they lose, and sometimes it's even in games that they win. Now, about Coach Barube, I don't put a ton of this on him. He's trying to mop up after this team did so bad under Coach Mike. He's doing the best he can. Is he making mistakes? I'm sure he is. Nobody's perfect. Every coach makes mistakes, even the best of them. Armstrong, if he wants to salvage this season, and it may be too late to salvage it for the playoffs, It most likely is unless they just become the hottest team in the NHL. But if he wants to salvage this season, get a coach in here that can start looking at what he needs to do for the rest of the season and next season, he needs to do it. If he's got the opportunity to sign somebody, do it. You had the opportunity before Coach Hitchcock signed his last year contract in his so-called swan song, where he was definitely retiring after that year. Doesn't have the time to put into it. They make a huge mistake in bringing in Coach Mike, which has wasted several years. If they would have started with a clean slate with a coach that either had a decent coaching history in the NHL or an up-and-coming coach in one of the minor leagues, such as Keefe with the Marlies, which they had the opportunity to try and go get him when they re-signed Hitchcock for that last year and brought in Mike Yo as the heir apparent. They had other options. Lindy Ruff. They could have kept Kirk Mueller, but I'm going to save a lot of that for a special episode I got coming up. They got a tough game coming up Friday against Winnipeg. If they play like this against Winnipeg, it's not going to be fun. I want to thank you for joining me for this episode of the Drop Podcast. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, keep your spirits up. It's just a game, and let's go Blues.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at drophockeyshow. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about LineUp Media, go to LineUpMedia.fm. Until next time, let's go Blues!
0: This podcast was a presentation of LineUpMedia.fm.